Welcome back to the Wagon List Podcast, everybody. Holy cow, it feels like it's been a minute. I'm so excited. It's like I feel like I've never done a podcast before. I have like butterflies in my stomach. It's been so long. Crazy. We're back. We're back. You all parts of the country, but I know everyone's been missing us. So here we are, late night, bringing you guys a podcast. So all about it. So happy to see you guys. Oh, it's so great to see your face, Scotty. How's it going? Life is good. I had the pleasure of hanging with Big Steve when he came to L.A. last week. We played some golf. We ate some steaks at the house. You know. Yeah, we had some steaks. Had a couple. Had a couple boys nights. It was. Uh, it was good it was to good. see you, buddy. Good to play some G. Uh, yeah. Had to get back to L.A. Emily and I, for those of you who don't know. We have been camping out in Cleveland, Ohio after our trip to Phoenix. I think we were both in Phoenix last time you guys heard from us. That was weeks ago. Um, and uh, and we've made the trek across the country to Ohio. We've been here uh, with the baby and Emily's family and uh, in a bigger house. The weather has turned. It did snow after we first got here on May 11th, much to my chagrin. I, w- I was quite shocked. To uh, no. chagrin, we're like, what in the world? What the fuck are we doing in Cleveland? Sort of. Yeah, Remind you real quick why we live in LA, but hundred yeah. percent. Uh, yeah, I've <laughs> worn shorts every day since March, so can't relate. Yeah. <laughs> no, you can't. And no, it doesn't have to look at the weather app when that's happening too, and and just you know look at pictures and Instagram and everything from friends. It's like 78, 85 degrees <laughs> the entire week. It was snowing here. I'm like, what are we doing? Yeah. Uh, how do people live like this? But anyways, uh, we know we've had a hiatus. Uh, it's 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 been a weird time. There's a lot has happened uh, in the golf world and beyond. Yep. Um, we know that uh, we know that we're here um, to provide you guys some golf and entertainment in that world. So hopefully, you know, uh, hopefully you guys get a little reprieve and some entertainment with us that when we pop up on your podcast list again. Um, so we'll just you're just basically gonna pop, you're gonna pop up and say, "Oh my gosh, it's about time we're back." Yeah, wait, these guys, yeah, these guys are still doing golf podcasts. That's right, we are. We didn't give up. We're just a little bit of a break. A lot going on um, in all of our lives, and so uh, so let's get right to it. Uh, so we had a couple tournaments now. Last week, most recently, the RBC Heritage uh, at uh, Hilton Head, um, a place I've always wanted to go. Haven't been there yet. This this okay. track looks great. Same. Emily, I know she's been there. Um, Webb Simpson, another big win on a course that's kind of set up for him. I, I thought about putting some money on him this week and did not, much to my chagrin. Um, and uh, And he played really well. But you did put money on somebody this week, and he didn't fall through. Who was that? Uh, Justin Thomas. He almost did. He made a good like comeback. I had JT to finish in the top five. He finished T eight. Oh, uh, and he had to come all the way like a backdoor Sunday. I think. I mean, he was out of it. From he barely made the cut, uh, and came all the way back. I also had Kisner, who plays well there and is one there, and. Um, <laughs> Somebody else, I can't remember, but Scotty, I have Steve. Texting. I have Steve texting me. I don't know. We were not together at the time. And he's like, put out some good vibes for JT. He's like, he's leading. He's in the. He might win, and we're gonna make it big or win if JT wins. And here I am thinking, being like, didn't we just have a conversation about how 
I'm spending too much on Amazon, like 20, <laughs> 30 and $10 charges. Yet my husband's texting me being like, Oh, don't worry. I just bet a whole bunch of money on JT. Um, Steve, is this where I should tell her about the week before we bet on Jordan Spieth? <laughs> yeah. Well, she knew about that one, too. She okay. saw that one, too, because Scotty and I had a good good one going. We had Spieth at Colonial, and, man, we were thinking about all the things we were going to do. With us. We were planning a dinner, a victory dinner at, at Mass. I'm, I'm sure you were. And, of course, we I'm the one that's in bed getting scolded by my husband being like, <laughs> Ten dollars and forty three cents. What did you buy on Amazon? <laughs> you have no room. To, you have no room to scold me anymore, Stephen. Wow, right. that. But yes, um, Webb played well. Um, this is his seventh career win um, to marry a U.S. Open and a Players Championship. Um, I, I I don't know what that does to his official golf world ranking, but I think puts him certainly up there. We'll probably make him a lock for the Ryder Cup if there is one. And um, I think just a fun guy to root for. You know, he won earlier this year in Arizona. Um, I think he has one of the most talented caddies on the bag in Paul Tesori. Great man. I've met him, hung out with him. And it's just good to see a good guy win. Everyone that's ever had an interaction with Webb Simpson has just spoken volumes about the man he is, about the man of faith he is. And uh, it's just good and got the win on Father's Day. So super happy for him. And we've had that a couple of times because the U.S. Open typically on Father's Day. So we would have been at Wingfoot this week or last right. week, I should say. Um, but no, RBC Heritage and, and Webb Simpson. I mean, look, I think he's, you know, for for me, he, he doesn't he doesn't sell tickets. He's not a box office kind of guy. But everything I've heard is a similar, Scotty. I mean, obviously, uh, uh, well-respected on tour, great caddy, hell of a ball striker. Uh, and um, I guess it's, good. it's always good to see people persevere when they come back around because he was out of it after the anchor, after the anchoring uh, changed the putting rule in 2015. And, and uh, it took him a while to get back to it. I, I think it, it had been three and a half or four years before he won again last year, which he won last year or no, before he won the players. I'm sorry. Um, so he had to grind it out, um, fight it out, get relevant again um and that's not easy to do it's kind of like once things start going bad for more than a year two years three years this guy had to grind it out in between wins on the pga tour for four years so i think that speaks to something because that takes a ton of mental toughness i think i think that um to, to go on your notes steve mental toughness is obviously a key yeah it may have taken some time but I'm going to even say it. This is going to be Webb's year. I mean, it already has been. Granted, we've had a very limited schedule. But what? He's played seven times. He's won twice. He was second on another. And what was it? Third? He was third and he tied for seventh. So, like, for just the limited amount of times in which he's played this year, he's on the money and i hope to see that he's riding hot for for the rest of the season it'd be it'd be nice to see him uh do some more damage yeah I, i'll take i'll give you guys a hot take for the start of the pod all right I think, I think a couple or maybe even one more win and webb simpson's a hall of famer oh that is a I, hot take that's a very hot take that's a I, 
I, I mean, I think I think he needs more than just one more win to become a Hall of Famer. I mean, he does have a major win, major win, does have a player's win. Uh, I think you got to get to like, President's yeah. Cup, one Ryder Cup win. Yeah, I think I think you want to see him get to. T- I mean, Hall of Fame. I mean, look, I'm on the other side of Hall of Fame because I, when I think of the Hall of Fame, I, I think we're starting to give Hall of Fame memberships in all sports away like like candy. Um, and I think it's it's like I think you really need to think about who you uh, who you're letting into the Hall of Fame. And, and look, so that's that's another thing. That's another conversation. But I think he needs. I think he needs. Double-digit wins. I'd like to see him get to ten before he's even considered for that. Um, but it's all right. Like, look, I could, I could bag on. I mean, I'm not going to bag on him. Um, although I, there's, there's a lot of other people I'd love to see at the top of the leaderboard battling it out. But again, happy for him. Uh, so with that, uh, we also had, um, we also had. You mentioned it a little bit, and I think it's something that that uh, segues into the Ryder Cup. He's probably going to be a Ryder Cup player, was a President's Cup guy. Um, the Guardian, I believe, right, Scotty, came out and said that, you know, it, it's probably going to be announced sometime soon that the Ryder Cup gets canceled. We talked to the, about this on, on, on our last podcast, one of our last podcasts when back when we were in Phoenix. Don't want to spend too much time on it because nothing's official yet. But I think I'm of the opinion, as I said back then, and I think a lot of players have come out and said now that there's no sense in having a Ryder Cup right now. I mean, if you can't have fans, um, if, even if you could have some limited amount of fans, it's not the same. If the players can't like can't get into the uh, into the pub and the team room after, and the two sides can't have a beer and a cigar after and talk about some of the things, I mean, that's just a whole part of the experience, the Ryder Cup. And if you can't have that experience, uh, I don't think there's uh, there's a need to have it. I, I just think there's no harm in, in pushing it back a year so you can still have it at Whistling Straits. You can still have it on U.S. ground. We're just pushing this back a year. Um, that Those are my quick thoughts. So, uh, Emily, Scotty, what are your thoughts on the Ryder Cup potentially being postponed? Scotty? Yeah, um, I, I, I'm, I'm indifferent. Um, I would love it to watch it. I mean, because on television, it's going to be the same product for me, whether there's fans in the stands, whether there's not fans in the stands. The matches are going to be the same. The talent of golf is going to be the same. Um, I think some things that you should remember here. So the, the PJ of America runs the Ryder Cup and the PJ Tour runs the President's Cup. So you have competing golf governing bodies who won't want to move the President's Cup. And I think it's really easy for someone like Brooks or Rory to come out and say, well, we should postpone it. Because they don't really want to play it because they don't get paid. They're the only ones that don't make money off any of these teams' competition. So, like, it's, it's easy to say that we should push it back from their perspective. So I would love to watch it. I understand if there's no fans um, and they don't want that. Um, however, if, if it comes to watching world-class golf, I'm all for it. Um, and the European tour really needs this right now more than ever because they're losing money and they really don't even have a idea of when they're going to return start. So I guarantee you the European tour is fighting hard that we have a Ryder Cup this year. I can see both sides to it. I personally would love to see the fans um, 
personally, I would have loved to go. Um, so selfishly, I kind of wanted it postponed. However, I think that if fans are not able to be there due to the safety of just humankind and all, all the people who want to be spectators, I think a way in which they could make it a little bit more fun and engaging is if they did something like the match that was with Tom Brady and uh, Manning and and Tiger and um, why am I blanking? This is in uh, Phil. And so I think that if they were to like mic up a lot of these players and be a little bit more engaged that way and kind of see and hear their banter, I think we would not miss the fans as much in that type of action. I think that's a great idea. I think that would be one great idea to mic up players and, and get more engagement on it. Um, but I, I just think it's, I, I, I just think it's not a real Ryder Cup. And, and it's, just, it's the some, same thing like, you know, I get the, Scotty made a good point, the players aren't making any money on it, but I don't think that's the reason that that's the reason that they don't want to have it happen. I think the re the whole reason they play in it, even though they don't make any money on it, is for the fans, is for that atmosphere. So for them not to get the atmosphere or the money or well, it just I, to me, I just I think for them, for a lot of fans, I would be one of them. Here's for the players themselves. It just wouldn't feel like a real Ryder Cup. And here's part here's of, an idea. On, let me finish. Part of the part of the competition or part of the huge part of the Ryder Cup is the home course advantage if you just have no home course advantage if you're the U.S. team this year that puts the U.S. in a horrible spot like they can't I mean so to the point where even the European players are like well we wouldn't want to do that because part of the whole home team advantage there is is getting the rowdy crowds and rowdy fans whistling straight is an incredible venue for that um, so I, I just, I don't know. I, I think even the sponsors, even the, even the PGA of America, um, even though they're, they're losing money in this calendar year, I think a lot of those people are actually, would actually be in favor of postponing it, even though, uh, they're losing money this calendar year. Okay. Anyway, we'll save more debate. Cause it sounds like we, we well, have we'll see next week. here. Yeah, we'll see next week. So we'll save it for the next. We'll save it for the next podcast. We should mention just sticking on the golf, the recent golf of the past couple of weeks. Daniel Berger won at Colonial. Um, really, kind of a gut wrenching uh, thing to watch for both Xander Schauffele and Colin Morikawa, who nipped out putts on seventeen, uh, and then just couldn't come up. Morikawa also had a chance on eighteen. Yeah, close out. Um, good play by him, but look at Berger was just like sort of the silent horse stalking in the background, finishes strong at Colonial wins. He also played well at the RBC. I know we're talking about Ryder Cup being canceled, but like Daniel Berger out of nowhere has his name back in the mix. What are your thoughts? Yeah. yeah, no, I think, I think it's good. This guy's been on a president's cup team before. Um, one of the Jupiter boys who, you know, along with DJ and those guys, they hang out a lot together. Um, Love to bow their wrists, him and DJ, just bow wrist brothers. It's that it's that South Florida bowed wrist crew. Um, but anyway, yeah. no, it's, it's good to see he's one of the most talented guys on out there. Um, 
one of the interesting things people might have known from the wind is he left Callaway at the beginning of this year and went back to his uh, tailor-made irons that are from 2011. He's playing a set of irons from. Uh, and so just cool to see, like, somebody that's kind of thrown it back and really just work their little ass off uh, to get this. And so, you know, he grinded throughout quarantine to be able to play. and He's being rewarded over that fruits. And, by the way, finished, I believe, top four, top five at RBC. Um, right. And so um, just really, really fun to watch. And, again, one of the guys that's been there um, on the big stage before kind of making this comeback of his career now. Yep. Yeah, so uh, of all, and again, a guy you hear a lot of nice things about on uh, on tour. So great, um, great, great girlfriend, great Instagram follow, great Instagram follow. There's a lot of those. There's a lot of those. Let's be honest. <laughs> What's the handle, Scotty? <laughs> so our listeners can uh, uh, go. I don't know off the top of my head, but just go to uh, his and you'll see. Her. Yeah, if you know how to use the internet or the Google machine, we have, or I think our followers can machine. figure it out. Um, so, all right, so one of the most uh, talked about topics of the week, uh, Nick Watney. Tori Tory Slater. Player. There we go. Watney, I mean. Well, that's her name. She's, what's Watney the, testing what's the, what's the Instagram handle? We're talking about Roy Slater with an I. All right, so you guys can Google machine. Oh my God! For a second, I thought you were for a, for a second. I thought you were throwing out like Saved by the Bell or something with Slater. I'm like, what are you talking about? Oh, okay, so that's her Insta Insta handle. That's AC Slater. Girl. How could you confuse that? I didn't hear AC. I just heard the last name Slater. <laughs> oh no, Good. AC Slater is the person from Saved by the Bell. Correct. I know. Fabulous. There you go. Love it. Well, so going back to um, what obviously has been making our world and our lives turned upside down over the last few months is COVID-19, the coronavirus. And with uh, Watney testing positive, it's um, brought up a number of more extensive conversations on safety and health protocols um, amidst and within the PGA. That's right, and uh, and Camp Champ testing positive again, uh, not again, oh, um, yeah. the second player hey. testing positive this week. So um, good news is there was really no contact uh, that the tour thinks about that between Camp Champ and Nick Watney. Camp Champ did not play um, the previous uh did not play rbc um so not nothing to be you know it wasn't it doesn't seem like there was massive community transmission around those two guys or anything happening at the rbc heritage so he played in the first week and went back um you know i think it's concerning i mean i, I think you know it, at some point if you see the number of these tests grow and more players are getting them and more caddies are getting them, it's going to be harder to contain, you know, I guess what they're referring to as the bubble, right? The bubble of players and, and the testing that goes on inside that bubble and who's clean and who's not, you know, because once you're in the bubble, you're sort of deemed okay. So guys are, are fist pumping, um, you know, there's, there's social distancing on the driving range, but still people are, 
um, potentially sharing houses because they've all tested negative. So, you know, it's ve- it's going to be very hard to control this thing if it gets. So, hopefully, the contract contact tracing of these two individuals um, is is done well. That the people who had some close contact with them test negative, and we keep playing golf because. You know, we started out kind of going right into the, the top of the podcast and Webb Simpson, but it's, it's great to see golf back. I mean, I can't tell you how refreshing it's been to be able to turn the golf on on, on the weekend and um, and just see live competitive golf. And um, so as a fan, I'm I'm worried, but I hope that we can isolate these two cases and get on with it. I, I think the one thing to discuss between us guys is, what might be able to change from the protocol. Nick Watney followed the protocol. He did not feel good one morning on Friday morning, I believe, after playing on Thursday and practice and all that stuff, and obviously being around some other golfers, did not feel good on Friday morning, came in to get a test um, and tested positive. And the protocol was that after, after, if you don't feel well and you go get a test, you are allowed to continue to practice on the practice screen, on the driving range, before you get your test results back. I think that's probably something the PGA Tour will look at. I, I haven't heard anything official about how they'll change yeah. that. Um, but, I mean, just quite simply, I would think, like, just just make, like, one range stall and, and once, like, if the course accommodates maybe a different putting green for people that are awaiting test results, just because it seems um, – it seems like it's a bad idea to have somebody who's not feeling well awaiting test results and in the same area as, as the rest of the players. It just doesn't seem like a good idea. I, I, think, that, I think that's the only thing they got to look at. But, I mean, I don't know if you guys have thoughts on the protocol or, or, or the thoughts of us moving forward uh, in this COVID era with, with test, positive tests starting to come, uh, come out. Here's my, t- here's my take. It's uh, kind of twofold. I'll try to make it quick. But the first things first is if you're not feeling well and you then go into test positive or you go into test We can't hear you. You're just a little mess. You're feeling well. When you talked, Emily, it was just all mumbled. All right. I'll be quick. That's Good weird. Point. But okay. So basically what I was saying is that if a person does not feel well and they get tested, then I can almost guarantee you that they have already been active with the virus and had the antigens for more than just that one day. In Watney's situation, he flew on, um, on a private jet with, uh, Scotty, help me out. Who did he fly? He flew with one of the players from Texas to this tournament. And then he tested positive. Now, granted, he, the, why am I blanking from who he flew with, but he had tested negative so far. But the right. thing is, is that there's a, there's a couple things wrong with it. One, us as a Joe Schmoes, loving to see and watch the fact that we're, we have golf on our TVs, but what we are seeing amidst this bubble they're in, what we're seeing is that they are, doing nothing of protocol of what you can see. They're picking the pin out of, they're they're picking the pin up. They're doing fist pumps. They're not wearing masks. 
other like players. And I don't think that's right, to be honest with you. I don't think that they are setting an example for the rest of the world and for children. You, us three are intellectually like, like understand, like we, we have our wherewithal of understanding that what we do, we need to take precautions. But kids, especially the 20 year olds, or maybe even the teenagers are going to see what, not Watney, but Berger or Tiger or whomever, they're out playing on the golf course and they're not taking the appropriate precautions. And then they're going to say, well, if they're not doing it, then why should I do it? I'm in my own bubble. So like, I just don't think that they have thought through the, the message in which they are portraying to the world when it comes to um, playing golf. Yeah, I, I, I think that's fair. Um, I, I have a lot on this, so, so I'll keep mine brief too. Um, but I think it's important to remember, we've been playing golf, so 144 players probably with alternates, call it 150 players and 150 caddies, been playing golf for three weeks now and traveling with the tour, and we have three or, or, or two positive tests. So I think it's important not to overreact and just look at small numbers. Um, to your point, Emily, I would agree. The bubble that they talk about is not a real bubble. People are still staying in private housing. There is people, people are still. Well, I think I said that. But... Huh? <laughs> huh? I, said, I think I think I said that, but that's okay. Yeah, like, but um, I mean, one of our good friends, uh, Kenny Harms, talked about how he was going to stay and ride with Kevin the whole week in a private residence of somebody else in Texas. Right. So, like, there's not a real bubble. So. The only thing I would say is that from Texas to Hilton Head, a lot of the players have come out and said how it was different environment, how they got down there in Texas and everything was kind of like dialed in and, and there was increased safety and awareness and people were being vigilant. And then they said they flew to Hilton Head, South Carolina, and people on the island were kind of acting like a COVID world didn't exist around them. And so I think that's one of the reasons why you've seen a spike in some cases because just like most of the country, where you were at geographically-wise depends on how hard and the precautions you need to take for COVID. So, uh, which, 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 A, yes, doesn't make sense because the virus doesn't have borders. But to your point, Emily, I, I don't know if it's realistic to ask them to play golf with a mask on um, because I don't think... I don't. And when they pick I, up pins, they're not picking up. They're, they're every time they pick up the pin, they have to pick it up with a, with a cloth, with a disinfecting cloth. So they're not touching the pins with their bare I don't hands. Remember them this weekend. So they I do have white. They do have disinfecting wipes. Are they using them? I have no idea. Um, oh, yeah, what they're, they're like stroking that pole up and down, you know, to make it extra squeaky clean, huh? I, I don't know, right? But again, like, I, I think it's important not to overreact. Again, 150-something players have been playing for three weeks now, and we have two positive tests. No, I, I agree. But just like we only have two people, it is important to stay vigilant because those two people could very easily be in contact with 10 people, who those 100. 10 people could be in contact with other 10 people. Which a hundred percent. But just, just, just in this case, singularly, there was 11 additional people that were tested when Watt, after Watney 
tested yeah. positive and they were all found negative. Now, Cam Champ, who is on site at the Travelers that just tested positive today, I assume all the people that he might have been in contact with have been tested by now and we'll probably get those results tomorrow. Um, here's the thing that people don't realize and understand about the virus is that every single person's body composition is and makeup is totally different. So yep. say, so say Cam tested positive and you know, the other 11 people who got tested that he was around tested and they were negative, like you said, well, two of those people's body makeup could not be establishing the antigen as fast as cam has so come three days and i'm sure i'm, I'm hoping that the, the the pga or um or their 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 protocol team task force is understanding that it's not just a one and done situation they could be maybe have tested today and tested negative which by the way i can go into the detail but won't but it's i would still think they know that emily we're not a medical podcast we're I not understand. doctors we're not a medical so. podcast but the thing is is that they test today but if they test they should also have protocol and also tell their fans that they're testing in subsequent days so that they are doing the appropriate health and safety protocol to make sure that they're just they need to set an example because they're the first sport or that has come out to go all in with their their competition and we're very soon going to see the nba we're going to see mlb and it's all just going to be a trickle effect and i think that um golf is in a unique platform of setting the example and it's setting the example the right way that's what i have to say i know i'm not a medical specialist yeah, I don't think they need, I don't think they're in the business of setting examples. I think they're just trying to get golf back on the air and it's a part of what they think about, but they're just trying to keep it as safe as they possibly can. Um Obviously. and they and they've they've said and they've documented that they are talking with local health and state uh medical officials as well as government medical officials, the CDC, everything else. They're trying to follow the guidelines. It's just like like look, it's it, the the, the, the comment I had at the beginning is that I'm I'm a little it makes me a little bit more nervous as a golf fan a little more anxious as a golf fan to to see a couple tests pop up like that knowing that they've had contact with other golfers because once that happens as you, to your point Emily that the community spread can happen pretty easily and pretty fast we don't know how let's just hope that the contract the contact tracing and that the protocols that, that everybody hopefully has been following are in place so there's limited exposure to the other people that they've been around um and if that happens then we'll just keep playing golf and we'll be all good um and hopefully these guys will after two weeks of quarantine um but that remains to be seen so we'll see um we'll see what happens hopefully nobody else this week at the travelers my hometown uh, in hartford connecticut uh, no fans sad to see but um but that's all good. So speaking of, speaking of. Guys, uh, Sergio Garcia, that Watney, sorry. I just had to remember, I just remembered. Uh, Sergio Garcia um, shared his private jet with uh, Watney prior to, to playing. So. Um, follow my yeah, thoughts. In order to improve. It's been interesting. We had to drastically change it. What's that? Oh, Emily, Emily, Emily got on the computer. <laughs> Sorry, porn popped uh, up, guys. So, 
uh, one thing, uh, one thing I did want to, uh, not, we didn't technically have on our, on our list, but I think it's worthy to talk about with you guys. Um, what have you guys thought about the broadcast so far with no fans? Um, we've had some, we've had some more audio, we've had some colorful audio. Um, the, I think when Jim Nance first came on the air at Colonial, the first exact words that after Jim Nance was done welcoming the fans were, um, Brooks' comments were pretty fucking good after uh, John Rahm hit a shot, like just live on the air, right out of the bat. Um, I'm all for it. Like just, just you know, a couple f bombs get dropped, whatever. Let's lighten up the fines on these guys. Let's get as much audio as we can. Um, I actually think it's been pretty good, better than expected for me. Like I thought that having no fans was gonna be weird. I thought that it would be less weird in golf than it would be in other sports. Um, but it's come off, I think, um, the only weird thing is on Sunday when a big putt's made or someone's making a charge, there's just no reaction. Like that, to me, that's the only thing that I really noticed. Um, but really the rest of the round, um, I'm, I'm almost thinking that, you know, the, I'm hoping that this, that the extra audio we're getting makes the players and the tour, the broadcast is a little bit more in tune and a little bit more open to the fact that this stuff is good. This is what we want to hear. This makes good TV. But uh, just want to hear your guys' thoughts about the uh, the no fans and the, the quality of the broadcast so far. For me, I haven't noticed a difference. The fact that golf's still on is a good thing. Um, I don't really react. I mean, from knowing golf and being around professional golf, like, I tend not to react to what fans do say or cheer for. Um, and so to me, I just want the broadcast and that's kind of all I care about. Um, and so, I mean, that's just, I, I watch for the shots. I don't watch for any cheers, lows or anything like that. Um, I'm, I'm a little bit different from uh, your perspective, Scotty. I would have to say that I'm kind of along the same tune of Steve. I'm, a bit impressed on how they have geared up the audio and I'm, I'm liking what I hear. Um, of course it's, I, I'd rather, I'd like to hear the um, crowd react after they have a nice drive or a player misses the putt or makes the putt. Um, that's always good background noise, but for the most part, I think that they have done a really good job in just maintaining the um, integrity of the, uh, of the broadcast and, and ramping it up a little bit by, by taking advantage of, you know, a different sense. And that's, that senses the audio of, of the players and the, and the caddies. I'd like to see a little bit more banter of just the, what the caddies are talking um, with the players about or vice versa. And uh, personally, I've always liked that. I always want to see more of that. I think that brings an authenticity um, to the sport that you can't get otherwise. And um, so that's my, that's my thing. Can I include on that? Yeah. Um, just because, like, as someone, again, that, that is close to the tour like that and would have be in those audio discussions, I, I don't want people hearing what I necessarily have to say to my player or, like, afterwards give a pep talk to or sometimes drop a couple F-bombs. Like, I, I definitely don't ever want to be my – even, like, even recreational golf. Like, 
if I'm caddying for an amateur and like we're up and down talking and like there's a dirty joke or I have to get like, I just, I think that's such like an intimate private thing of like two people trying to do their job and work that I, I definitely don't want to hear or have people hear that. So I get your point, Scotty, and I respect that. With that said, similar to what the broadcast does for all of the all of the the foursomes or twosomes that go to play, um, there's producers on every single on every single um, hole, right? And so it's not so much that the audio mixer is just deciding or the producer, or the director is deciding, oh, we're gonna, you know, listen to what Scotty has to say now and not know what you say, what you're going to say. Because of golf is essentially pre-recorded to an extent by seconds, it's not something like say you were to lighten the load and do a dirty joke to, you know, your player, amateur or whatever, to just like make them a little bit more loose. They know that they're not going to put that onto air, but if there is a good piece of information that you provided, mm. I think that that, that, that speaks volumes. And, and the I think, well, yeah, I mean, not to interrupt, but it's twofold because they, they, they can put that on the air if they're live. Like if your player, I think it's generally known though, um, you know, it, I think well, everybody yeah. knows it's good for the game to, have a little extra audio and it's also just kind of common sense that like if you're a player as a caddy right it, or any and as a player right if you're in contention on sunday you're, you're on every shot the camera's yeah. on every shot so there's there's you know if you're smart you're not like you're not doing anything stupid but um but i think it's the stuff on like thursday friday saturday like do you want to hear more of that do you want to have you want people mic'd up like ricky agreed to do um and I think, uh, you know, I've heard some players like come out and say, well, if they paid me extra, I would do it, which, okay, that's, that's fine. Like pay, pay the player and the caddy extra. Um, I, I just think it provides like extra color. And I think at the, at the end of the day, everyone's in, in um, the entertainment business, right? And there's a lot of money involved. There's a lot of sponsorship money involved. There's a lot of TV rights money involved. So I think when you get to the point where you're in contention or you're a, or you're a player that's, that's a, you know, where you're, when you're in, you're only really showing feature groups and in contention groups, sure. uh, you know, where you're hearing audio from caddy to player and discussions like that. So if you're one of those players, then you probably are doing pretty well for yourself and you probably have earned that right. And now you're, you're the opportunity to be in a feature group or the opportunity to be in contention you're you're earning extra money for yourself and i just think it's it's sort of i, I hate to say incumbent incumbent's too strong a word but it's just i think we can do a better job capturing the the right audio when the moment is right when the player and the caddy know they have to be careful like do i think that we should mic all players and caddies for 18 holes and like listen to everything they say like no but i think we're smart ways to go about it where you can enhance the broadcast you can bring more attention to golf like there was more Twitter talk about Brooks Kepka saying a pretty normal line that he would all say on the golf course after John Rahm had a spectacular shot. He said, pretty fucking good, dude. And like, you know, should he really be fine for that? In my opinion, no. Like that's like, it was, and that was actually good TV in my opinion. It was good TV. I think we should see more of that. I think we should have more uncensored shit um, and stop being so sensitive about well, all this stuff. So, well, I mean, that's on. just. 
because we just talked about, or Emily just talked about, like golfers setting an example for kids. Correct. Like, if you allow audio, like you're going to hear an f bomb almost every hole. Well, yeah, like, they like, they yeah, allow like, they allow audio. They they it's just that the the mixers kind of know when to when to tune up, when to tune down. They try instance, to do that, but you do you do hear. Many times you hear Tiger drop the F-bomb. All oh, the yeah, time. You, you hear it. You hear Tiger. <laughs> I, look, I don't think – I think so my my idea, I wouldn't put that, like, on the main broadcast. But but the – but I, I some of it's unavoidable. Like, it just, it just happens. And, I know, agree. I, I, okay. Yeah, I think there's some – to some extent, you're, you're trying to set an example – um, and the tour tries to do a better, more of that than anybody. They police more than anybody, um, you know, sensory and everything else. You get, you get huge fines for getting caught doing that. So it's already conditioned in the players to try to be careful because there's mics on everywhere. To Emily's point, much of, thur- of Thursday, Friday, and like early Saturday golf is not live. They like, because there's so many players in the field and because there's mo- so many people in contention, you're basically showing a lot of – you're building playlists. You're basically showing a lot of these shots sure. uh, 30 seconds to two minutes after they actually happen. So you have the ability to hear that right. audio. That happens. On Sunday, when you're following the leaders, most of the leaders are live. So you don't get that. And I think the players and the caddies now have a sense of, like, okay, I have to be on my best behavior. So, anyways, I, but I think it was just good to talk about you know, speaking the broadcast of best as we come back. Yeah, speaking of best behavior and Tiger throwing F-bombs left and right, when, you guys, I got to ask this question, when are we going to see Tiger play first? Scotty, I'll let you start. Yeah, I, I wouldn't expect him to see him until Memorial. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. I mean, there was some, there was some social media um, chatter about maybe last week that had no no validity whatsoever. Yeah, I mean, obviously he's not coming up to Hartford to play. Um, Memorial's right around the corner. He's just going to prep his body for for playing at a course that he knows he's comfortable yeah. at. He's won at. It's Jack's place. Um, it's a big tournament. There's also two straight weeks there, so yeah. I'm thinking he he's probably going to say like, "Look, I'll play two weeks in a row. Um, I'll, I can rest in between. I don't have to travel." And then I can get my two tournaments in and leave. I think yeah. that's the kind of that's kind of an interesting thing. Like, will he play both weeks there? But I think right. I, I mean, if I was him, I would because you can stay in a house for same house for two weeks. You can yeah. you can take a nice rest in between. Does like, he want to play gonna two be, weeks row, though? I think he only plays one week Memorial. I don't think he wants to play two weeks back to back. I just maybe. I mean, if he doesn't want to stay in Columbus, but I mean. Um, uh, my you know, take- the, the second week might be the first time there's fans there, by the way. So right. um, I I just think it's easy for him logistically to do it and get two. Oh, sure. Seeing as how he hasn't played so far and it's such a limited schedule, if if he cares at all about the, the Tour Championship or the FedEx Cup, which he probably doesn't, but if he does at all, then I think he would play both because it's so easy logistically for him to do it. As long as he feels good after week one, you know what I mean? But I think I think it's a possibility. Well, Emily, what do you think? Um, I think that he, I get, it would be Memorial or the week before. 
Um, I think the week before would just give him a chance to, to dust off the clubs and um, kind of shake off the butterflies to get him into real play. And he may not, you know, I mean, of course, every single tournament he plays, he takes, he takes legitimately. But um, I don't know if he's looking to come out and, and do something at Memorial. Maybe, we'll, maybe playing the week before will get him into the routine. I tell you where he's not playing. He's not playing Rocket Mortgage. I'll tell you that for sure. Okay. No. You heard it first. Well, Magdalene so, wins. Not going to Detroit. Well, there's more reasons there, and I'll, I'll expand. Um, that's the it's the company that's under the Quicken Loans umbrella, um, and Quicken Loans left his foundation tournament as a title sponsor and didn't renew the sponsorship with him. So I think he's not going to do anything that would help uh, Quicken Loans. Okay, that makes sense. It's a business. It's a business play. Yeah. Understood. Yeah. Well, but speaking of business, Scotty, what do you have up your sleeve in the coming weeks um, as we head into more golf and to your? Yeah. So, so a lot, as 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 some of our closest listeners know, um, looking to get on the LPGA tour. It's been pushed back since the beginning of March. Um, so there's been a couple of player caddy calls with Commissioner Michael Wan. Um, and it looks like we're going to start July 27th, um, that last week in uh, Toledo, Ohio. We're going to play the drive-on championship starting at Inverness. And then we're going to go down to Slovenia, Ohio, um, and play the marathon. So we're going to do one of those, just like Memorial is, doing back-to-back weeks in Ohio. Um, so, so, yeah, looking forward to that. So do we get VIP access, Scotty? So you know there is there there's no fans at the first one, but for the marathon, absolutely, hundred percent. Oh, so they're gonna have fans at the second one at the marathon. Yeah, the marathon. Ohio. So that's the yeah. first weekend of August. Well, as of now, obviously, yeah. Sylvania. Sylvania, Sylvania, Sylvania. Sylvania. There it is. So, so yeah, um, looking. For- of course we're going to be there. Backyard oh. being like three hours away, but still. Come in. Yeah. What is it? Uh, so. <laughs> First uh, so, so we've got we've got a lot going on. So, but before we get off with the LPGA, Scotty, have you uh, the details that? you know, that you know of in terms of safety protocols, like anything crazy, anything different, anything that's worth yeah. commentating on, or does it just seem like it's pretty think, much what we all I know in the PGA? I think very, very similar to what the PGA Tour is doing. Um, well, Scotty, so hold on. Let's yeah. back it up for a second. What is, what are they telling you? Like, from your first perspective, and, and like, enlighten Steve, myself, that's, and also all of the listeners. That's yeah. what I just asked. You butterflied around the question. Yeah. No, I didn't. So, so, yeah, you did. So, so obviously testing is, is a major, major component to being able to play. Um, and from a, from the, the, uh, the LPJ perspective is, is it's going to center around what the local communities allow, right? Um, the LPJ is a little different than the PGA tour, right? So, we basically have to have fans in order to have tournament just because financially 
most people don't know this, but the PGA Tour wrote the biggest check for Charles Schwab. They wrote the biggest check um, for RBC. They're, they're honest name partners, but PGA Tour is picking up most of that check, not those title sponsors. That, that being said, um, we are required to take a saliva test before arriving. Um, and then either, and then there's going to be testing Monday and Tuesday of every tournament that we have to test for. Um, and then there's going to be daily temperature checks. And then that's really it. Um, I know the, the following week would be the Scottish and British open for the ladies. And if we go there and we're allowed to play, they all would require us to stay in a bubble hotel for those two weeks in Scotland. So basically all the officials, caddies and players would have to stay at the same hotel um, in Scotland. They're not requiring that for Ohio. When you, have to take, when you have to take a test on Monday and Tuesday, is that it's not a nas nasophageal, it's not down the nose. Is it just a, like a finger prick or? Just, a, um... just a saliva test. Okay. And obviously this will change week by week, but that's basically the, they put out the protocols for the first two weeks and right. then um, said, you know, the weeks three and four are, are on the calendar of Scotland um, where we would stay in a bubble or basically we'd stay um, one hotel. Nice. Or two hotels. It, it's interesting that they say saliva test. You think they're trying to pull the pull the rug over a little bit? I think you're gonna get the, the I think you're gonna get the nine foot long pin up your nostrils. I think that's what which, you're gonna get. Which I've had twice before already. <laughs> it, it, it is uncomfortable. It, it's hell. not it's not terrible. It, it's uncomfortable for thirty seconds. Yeah. It it, it, no, it's not it's not terrible because it's really because it's not it's not really painful. It's a hard He's feeling to describe. His comments. He, yeah. had, he had a blanket around him with a oh thermometer. I was sucking mouth. my thumb. He was sucking his thumb. I have a picture on like March 13th being like, ha, ha, I think I have COVID. And here I am the week prior. Steve's <laughs> out of town. I'm down for the count. Can barely like get off of the couch, but still have a child to take care of. And I'm like, oh, I have the chills, everything. No, I don't have COVID. And Steve goes and gets tested because he's like, ah, I got the black lung COVID. <laughs> I was traveling, okay? Well, I'm glad to, <laughs> I'm glad to hear that you tested negative. Me too, trust me. Uh, but yeah, yeah all negative. I've had, I've had, the, I've had the, the nasal swab twice, and I've also had two saliva tests done, all negative. So they don't scare me. Um, I'm testing on a regular basis because I'm out playing golf and hanging. So there you That's go. Great. That's great. Good for well, you. Um, to end our well, podcast, we really wish you would be coming with us, but in a mere two and a half weeks, Steve and hey. I are going to, well, we're driving, we're not flying, um, to a, a little town in North Carolina. Hey. Yep, we're off to Pinehurst. I think uh, you. So we're we're gonna head. We were pl always planning for a while. We've had a family vacation plan to the Outer Banks, and for a while didn't know that was gonna happen. Um, but seeing as how we've been sort of quarantined here in Ohio, we're uh, we're gonna drive down there. And since we're staying, we're working from home and staying in Ohio. 
um, I had the idea of like, why don't we just head down a little early, go to Pinehurst. We looked at, it was a little bit of just a thought at first. Are you um, but, it, was an, it was an outspoken thought to my parents. Then they're like, exactly. Whoa. Yeah. Ears perked right up. Uh, it, it was great. Good, good thought. And then, uh, and, uh, so just a couple phone calls later, we were booked and now the whole family's heading down to North Carolina a few days early. Going to just head Love into it. Pinehurst, play some G. Um, but Scotty, you also, I, so I asked you because we had a couple open spots and you guys almost came, but, but why don't you tell everyone else what, what you're up to? Yeah. So this weekend headed to Pebble for the first time. Oh, right. Uh, that's this week. I thought it was next weekend. This weekend. This weekend. Yeah. Thursday. Um, oh, so, Friday, so Friday morning, Pebble, Saturday morning, Spyglass. Um, and then Sunday afternoon, Pasa Tiempo. Oh my gosh, that's wow. gonna be an amazing trip. I hope you have good weather. Oh my god, so I've been picking out outfits for three days. So, <laughs> <laughs> dude, I would be so I, I'd be so excited to head up there. Uh, yeah, you wouldn't be able to. Um, but Pine, but by the way, by the way, Steve did invite me and Josh to Pinehurst. I know, and we right. we, we considered it heavily. And um, I wish that because when Steve said, "Yeah," I asked Scotty and Josh. I'm like, "I hope they're coming," and he said, "Well, do you have other possible plans?" So, but well, no. also, like, also too, like, it's literally the like a couple days after Pebble. So, like, yeah, it, it, that that's tough, right? If you would tell me this is if this would be a month later, I'd be in. Yeah, no, I get it. I got you. I got you. Enjoy Pebble for all of it, for all of its worth, and it's amazing. Yeah, I can't wait. I absolutely can't wait. All right, guys. Yeah. Well, it was a it was a good one. Good to be back. It's good to good to see Scotty no, on the other on the other coast. Emily, I'm be talking I've golf again. Oh. I know. So it's we'll been back. too long. Well, we'll Thank get that changed uh, in a couple months. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. Um, it's great to see you guys. Um, definitely we'll keep most momentum forward as hopefully our world stays somewhat uncrazy and we can just concentrate on the good things in life that involve golf. So All the good okay. things. Enjoy, enjoy travels this weekend. Scotty, you want to throw some more money on speed with me this weekend? Sure, I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of like him again. I kind of like him again. You like him? You like him? Jeez. Oh, All right, okay. guys. What, what are they? Where can you find us? I don't know. Well, I'll look him up. Steven, where can you find us? What's the odds, Steve? I don't know. I got to look it up, but I don't oh, like him. I mean, maybe our audience wants to join us in this bet. All right, let's look up the speed odds this week. Oh, gosh. It's going to take a minute. Oh, well, why don't you rattle off the um, why don't you rattle off the uh, the Instagram handle and everything else, even though we haven't posted in in a while. In a whole year, uh, yeah, that's right. It's the Wagon with Pod for uh, Insta, and then um, always can email us waglinwith at gmail .com. Twitter, we have the Wagon with Pod with the N, and then uh, you can find us on. Spotify, iTunes, wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah. So also, too, as we've been established now, uh, your reviews and your rating now matter more than ever um, because we don't get that big jump that we used to when we were a new podcast. So 
Um, please continue to do that, continue to support, um, and we'll continue to bring you the best content on golf that's out there right now. Without a question. Plus 4,000. Plus 4,000. So 40 to 1. Okay, so what does 40 bucks win us? Uh, that'll, that'll 40 bucks would win us, I like, think 800. I'm not a math guy, so you know, you gotta be, you gotta be. No, it's gonna be more than that. It's gonna be, it's gonna be way more than that. 1600. 16, that's right. Yeah, all right. I mean, let's do, let's do 40. Double what I'm talking 20, about. 2020 for speed to win. I'm in. All right, let's go. 16 hundo. All right, everybody. It's been great. Scotty, always a pleasure seeing your face and talking to you. I miss you. Such a pleasure, guys. Let's go yeah. speed. Uh, yeah. Let's go. All right. Take care, guys. Bye. 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 Bye.